And Yo, we're live and we're live and we're live. Welcome oh God, to the to the Diran Diran Cartel Show. Okay, welcome to episode seventeen, and today I've got a big man, Mister Paul Moore. What's going on, Paul? Good. I'm excited. Not my seventeen. It took you seventeen episodes to get me on. What the fuck? Listen, what I had oh, to, I, listen. What I had to do was I built an audience before I gave him the cherry on top. I get it, bro. I get it. Yeah, I like you know it. I mean, I can't. I like I can't. It, bro, you got everyone. You got everyone moist, and then put me in the game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't be shooting my load too early. You know. I oh, you can't, bro. Nothing worse. I've done that. Shot for nothing. I've done. I've done that too many times back in the yeah, day. Yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. So how you doing? How you getting on? Dude, I'm doing great. Busy. Um, training my ass off, actually. Training my ass off, getting into it, busy with work, looking forward to seeing what happens next, actually. Oh, no. Yeah. Hey, do you, happens next with the world, when things go back to normal. Do you, um, yeah. do you, do you plan on what's going to happen next for you, or do you kind of kick with the wind with anything that's you know happening? What I, do? I, do, I do what's important right now. Okay. I just do what's important right now. I'm, I, I just handle what I can handle right now and with what we know. So, yeah, I don't, okay. I don't worry too much about too far in the future because I just worry about what I can control. Yeah, and even feel- then, I don't really worry about it. Yeah, I know, but I think that's a good thing, though. Don't, don't you think that yeah. too, too many people worry about like what's going to happen? Always based, yeah, worry's always based in the future, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah based yeah, in the future. And, and I can either choose to be excited about the future or, or anxious about it. It's the same thing, anyway. It's the same feeling, right? Yeah, butterflies yeah, yeah. in your stomach, heart rate goes up a little bit. It's the same thing. You need an exciting way, you know, you need an excitement way. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. A pace because you're excited. It's the same as being nervous. So, oh, yeah. you you know what? I don't know about you, but every time I go to the cinema, right, I always yeah. have like about three nervous peas before I start the oh, movie. Oh yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and then you have your two. Then you have your six liters of uh, Coke Zero. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, I'm so bad for pacing. No shit. Every yeah. time I sorry, I say every time I go. Every time I went to the cinema, yeah. I uh, I had to take an aisle seat. <laughs> take an aisle seat every single time and I can have an aisle seat could be bad that's terrible I never yeah. I never I never sit in the middle anyway it has to, you can't be doing it's too risky because I always get too many people up going up and down uh, walking past them yeah, yeah. do it actually when you've got kids you take those aisle seats every day of the week yeah you know um, with, with the PTs that you, anyone that you train anyone that you coach because you've been coaching yeah. for how long now dude well I was a PT when I was 21 I'm 40 in a couple of months Shit. I obviously took a break. I haven't PT'd anybody for about nine years now. Okay. Um, in between that, I coach people in business, and then now I do the whole thing that I do now. So yeah. 19 years coaching. Crazy. What do you yeah. enjoy? What what do you enjoy most? Coaching business or the side of like PT that you were doing before? You know, coaching relationships. Really? Yeah, because when I mean I've done a lot of stuff. I love seeing people's results in a business. I love seeing people's results with their energy and their mental health. Yeah. But when somebody's wife comes up to me and says, you saved my husband or someone's mom and dad, like last year came yeah. up to me um, and said to me, you've, you've, you've kind of, you've, you've completely transformed our relationship with our son or a Christmas. Yeah. I'll get a Christmas card of somebody's kids saying, yeah. thank you for showing my dad yeah. how to, how to, how to get his shit together or whatever. That's the shit that really fills my heart. So yeah. suppose actually, you know, I coach people on relationships. However, it's probably just, a, it's actually them getting their shit together that changed the relationship. So I can't even take any credit for it, really. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose it's just, those are the results that fill my heart the most is when someone's family comes and tells me the impact that it's had on them. 
Yeah, but uh, for you guys that are listening, for you that don't know, Paul Mort's actually one of my coaches. He's one of my mentors. He's also James Smith's mentor, one of his coaches, and has helped him a lot back in the day, and he's now helping me a lot today. And um, what's crazy is what I'd like to say to you is there's something really empowering about your voice. Oh, thanks, man. Mate, I don't know what it is, but... I don't, is it? I, don't, I swear to God, you know that IFS video? Oh, dude, yeah. With you talking? Yeah. That was, I think, like, I knew about you before IFS. I knew you, obviously, but I didn't meet you until, like, we were in Barcelona. But yeah. you, you were the person I was most looking forward to listen to. Yeah. And that, uh, that speech, that talk, fucking blew my mind away. There was something. I walked dude, out of there. Yeah. I walked dude, out of there like, I'm going to fucking yeah, fire dominate. Do you, know yeah. why, do you know why I think that is, mate? It's because... Someone always asks me, I get asked on podcasts quite a lot, like, how do you get away with saying what you say? Because some of the things I say are, like, against the grain when it comes to mental health, mindset, men's behavior. Yeah. It's quite against the grain. But I say things the way that I would like them said to me. Yeah. So I use language that I need to hear. Because you think about this, dude, even when you'll be the same. When you do a video, you're talking to yourself. Yeah, that's right. You're literally talking to yourself. So I, I say what I need to hear in a way that I would need to hear it. And... Yeah. I also am able to speak with conviction because I speak from experience, not from theory. I think that's why, that's why it works for me quite a lot that the voice and and, and my words and my language, because I believe in what I say, because I never speak from theory and I never say anything that I'm not willing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people can tell that from how confident you are when you're speaking from like your tone of voice. Cause you know, when you, You know, you get these business coaches that promote their stuff on Facebook. Join here for a six, seven figure business, whatever. Yeah. When I listen to them and when I look into their eyes, I just know they're not genuine and I can see it. And I'm like, this is absolute bullshit. Because I have the script what to say. I have the script it. Yeah, okay. I have the script it. I could say anything. Like my, my video that's had 5.7 million views. Yeah. I didn't script any of that. I just spoke from my heart. Yeah. And when you speak from your heart, you tend to tell the fucking truth. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. What's Warts and all. I did an interview with the BBC the other week for this inside out show that they want to do on motivational speakers. Yeah. And, and someone said, Are you not worried about them kind of coming out with something about you? I'm like, Well, I've, there's nothing that anyone can say about me that I haven't already said. Nothing. Yeah. And that's an incredibly, for someone like me who's got a bit of a clouded past, yeah. Like it's not clouded anymore. It's empowering because I've just, there's nothing that, again, there's nothing that anyone can say about me that I haven't already came out with. I've got nothing in my closet. Yeah, I think that's something. It's empowering. Yeah, and it's powerful as well because if you're someone that's got nothing to hide, then anything, anyone that anything says about you or to you is like not going to affect you in any way. And I know. Tell me something I didn't know. Tell me something I didn't know, bro. (laughs) You're a brick ball, I know. (laughs) Tell me me something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, you know, when you're doing your talks and everything, you. Obviously, you have your PowerPoint and whatever. Yeah. Uh, do you overplan it? Actually, the... uh, it depends on the on where I'm doing. If it's a big event, like a thousand people, eight hundred yeah. people. If it's at Wembley, I'll pra- I'll rehearse that. Yeah. If I've been paying a big fee, I'll yeah. rehearse that. But if it's a smaller thing, I tend not to need to and just go with the flow a little bit. But if it's a big gig, you have to pay attention to the time more. Yeah. Because there'll be a bunch of different speakers Yeah. in that you have, when I'm speaking, there'll be a TV telling me how much long I've got left and that you can't go over the time. Okay, yeah. And out of respect for somebody that's paid me a fee or put me in a room with a thousand people, 
I'm going yeah. to hit that time. That's the only thing I need to practice really. And again, when you got a lot of stories like me, you know, a lot of background, you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Like I could put on a two day event myself and still not teach everything. Right. Like a two day event. So if I've got a 40 minute slot, even a 20 minute slot, I have yeah. to practice that finish on time. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you something. When I have to rehearse it to my team here, let's just say there's three or four other guys here. Yeah. That's work. That's harder than doing it to a thousand people. hundred <laughs> percent. Don't you reckon there's something weird? Uh, when, um, Every, anytime I've spoken, I've always got yeah. a little bit nervous when the crowd is like small. It's really small. Yeah. yeah. But when the crowd is big, my energy levels is yeah. crazy. Yeah, my confidence yeah. is like flying through the roof. Yeah. Which and is, often the lights on you are so bright that you can't fucking see them anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> right? You get that. Yeah, dude, I get it. It's because often we pay more attention to the person's face, gestures, where they're yeah. at with a face, whereas there's loads of people you don't do that. You kind of yeah. scan the room. When it's less people, you're paying attention to people's facial expression. This fucker listening to me. Just yeah, yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is he not laughing at me fucking joke? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. what tends to happen with the smaller groups. So yeah, yeah, but but I do um I do practice because at the end of the day I'm a professional. I'm getting paid to be a professional. Yeah. So I'm 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 gonna practice that shit. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think um there was a there was a comedian um K Kurt on my one of my podcasts who was talking about how laughter is like contagious. If you're in a big crowd, someone laughs. Yeah it promotes yeah. other people to laugh. Yeah. So it's always yeah. like a little bit easier. Yeah. I've done it before. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't even find something funny. I'm like, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, that one. That good, that's a good one. Yeah. What did he say? What did yeah, he yeah. say? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Could you think you should join in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That, that laughter, peer pressure, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. You're, someone that, you're someone that talks about bipolar, right? Mm -hmm. Very openly. Yeah. Right? When you first opened up about it, was it hard for you? A little bit, but the alternative was harder. Okay. So was it hard? Yeah, it was, but the alternative was harder. Okay. So I chose kind of, a, and I got sick of covering it up. I got sick of hiding it. I got sick of this ups and downs. It's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to come out with it. Yeah. I've, I've been down. I don't say I've got bipolar ever. I don't yeah, say yeah. I have bipolar ever. Yeah. I don't say I am bipolar. Yeah. I got diagnosed bipolar. Okay. When I was diagnosed bipolar, I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to have to come, I'm going to come out with it because hiding it um, is worse than yeah. kind of coming out with it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, we, we always choose what has the least, often we should, well, I think we choose what's often the easiest. We'll always take the path of least resistance, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. What I thought was the least resistance wasn't because I was in a lot of pain back then, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so talking about it, was hard but not as hard as not yeah i think i think yeah. there's like tim ferris or someone has a saying talking about we should always do what like the hardest choices because you know that kind of what needs to yeah. be done yeah but yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, i think someone like yourself like more men need to hear you talk about this because yeah. not enough men talk about how they're actually yeah. feeling and i yeah. feel like this could lead into i've got strong opinions on this by the way all right yeah. i want to i want to hear it I want to hear it. What if talking about it doesn't make it better? Okay. What am I, when I talk about what am I supposed to say? Okay. What if the other person can't handle it? Okay. What if the other person might mollycoddle me? I don't want to be mollycoddled. I already feel like a burden. This is what men think. This is what men yeah. experience. I watched this thing the other week called Harry's Heroes. Harry Redknapp and a bunch of footballers. Paul yeah. Merson, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. And they talk about their mental health problems and then go on the piss. As if talking about it's fixed it. 
Yeah. Listen, you don't end up fucking depressed by accident. You don't, yeah. you don't catch depression. It's not fucking contagious. You create it and you create it through your habits, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Yeah. So talking about it, I think is an amazing start. Yeah. But is it the answer? Maybe it's fucking not. Maybe it's not. Because again, right. what am I supposed to say? What if the person that I'm speaking to can't handle it? What if they don't want to fucking hear it? Because not everybody wants to hear it. That's not everybody true. wants to hear that shit. That's true. You've got to remember at the same time, Darren, we're spreading this message of no negativity. Yeah. Zero negativity, positivity only. But if I'm, hang on, if you're one of those positive only people, I'm going to come and tell you. I'm not going to come and tell you because you're telling me you don't want, you're telling me not to be negative. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear Does you. Does this make sense? No, of it's course It's a challenging not. thing. It's you know a challenging what? thing. You know, the, 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 sorry, bro. No, no, go on, go on, go on. Sorry, you didn't finish. Carry on. Sorry. I forgot what I was going to say. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is this is why this is why I want to be in a studio with you because sometimes there's a bit of a lag with the Zoom, right? But what I was going to yeah. say is, when I was having my problems, when I was struggling with certain things, I actually found talking to a stranger was way better than talking. Really? Yeah, because if you think about it, like I I know you, right? I know you. I would say I, I know you well. Maybe yeah. you telling me something, you might think, oh, wait, Diren's going to judge me on this. Maybe yes. you might think that. You might think that. I, I, I yeah. won't, but you might think that. Whereas you talk to a stranger that has no image yes. of you in any way whatsoever. Yeah. When you talk to them, they're not yeah. going to judge you on anything. But your family, yeah. your close friends that know you a certain yeah. way are always yeah. going to turn around and judge you on whatever yeah. you're telling and, and I think, well, mate, I like that because the, those are the ones who as a man, I can't speak as a woman because I've never been one, but as a man, yeah. you don't want to be mollycoddled. No, you don't. That's what tends to happen when we talk about, oh, well, everything's okay, you're going to be fine. That's not what we need. Sometimes men need to be woke the fuck up. And that's yeah. what I do. Dude, you need to wake the fuck up. It's not yeah. about manning up, by the way. That's not what it's about. Yeah. It's about waking up and just take responsibility for the way that you feel. You've yeah. created that. I created it. I didn't yeah. catch it. It's not yeah. fucking contagious. It's not COVID-19. Yeah. I've created it. And, and the thing is with that, people can take that one of two ways. They can be like, oh, well, it's different for me. Oh, well, and then go on victim mode and blame it on me. But I'm like, if you think about your past actions, you think about your past actions, where your focus has been on, where your attention's been on, where your, what your mindset has been on, the thoughts you believe in, and your habits and your actions, that's created where you're at right now. Yeah. And that's great. Not bad. Because people think I'm attacking. I'm not attacking. You. I'm telling you the fucking truth, mate. Yeah. Just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. Yeah. Also, doesn't mean that I'm right. But actually, I'm empowering you. Yeah. Because often when we're when we're all like that, and I know this was the case for me, I blame. I point the finger. I blame. Oh, it was my upbringing. Oh, it was my town. Oh, well, it was this. Oh, well, it was yeah. it was my bipolar. Oh, well, it was the meds. Oh, well, it was a therapist's fault. But yeah. every time I point the finger, there's three pointing back at me. Yeah. Only no one's coming to fucking save you. Yeah. No one's coming to do that work that is required. Talking's amazing. It might get you started. Maybe I'll keep you going as well. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm a coach. So that's what I do. Yeah. But action's going to be the only answer. Maybe yeah. talking's the first action. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. something has to fucking change. Something with your lifestyle, something with your habits, your behavior, the way you perceive things. Something has to change because if nothing changes, nothing changes. That's right. I mean, you know what? what's funny about that is I know so many people, like even anything, uh, fitness goals, losing weight, putting on muscle, relationships, yeah. whatever. People that kind of want it, they say yeah. they want it, but they refuse to make change in whatever has caused that. Yeah. So 
if you want to change, you got to make, do you have to make big changes or small ones? Or does it depend on what it is? You have, just... to in, you have to tap in uh, um, benefits and drawbacks. So for me, nobody will make a significant change until they see the pain of staying the same as greater than the pain of doing the work to change. You think okay. about it, doing the work to change isn't that easy. Yeah. It's inconvenient. Sometimes it fucking hurts. It's yeah. uncomfortable. So sometimes it's actually easier to stay the same. Yeah. So you just got to weigh those two things up. How much longer are you willing to stay the same? Yeah. How much does that have to hurt before you do anything about it? Yeah. It's like no one create no when someone's comfortable, they're never gonna move. If I'm on set E, I'm comfortable, it's gonna take quite a lot to get me to move. Yeah. But if there's if there's a remote control, like like right under my balls, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably gonna move it unless it's vibrating. Then that's a different <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna move because it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Again, the pain nothing will change until the pain of Staying the same, yeah. or the perceived pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of possibly doing the work. Yeah. So I'm when I, when I talk to people about this, I'm like, oh, what's the drawback if you what's the drawback if you're not getting a handle on this? Who yeah. else does it impact? What's going to happen if you don't get a handle on it? Yeah. What's the negative of staying the same? Yeah. It's just about asking world class questions of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be for most people, pain is always going to be a bigger motivator than pleasure long term. Yes, because pleasure is like that would be nice. That would be nice often isn't enough to get people to do the work. Yeah. The perceived benefits, the perceived positives often isn't enough. Let's just say when people start, it's okay. It's okay when people first start on a diet, first start a business, first, it's okay. It's quite comfortable. Yeah. It's convenient. It's fairly easy. And then it starts to get a little bit more inconvenient. One night you might have a shit sleep. You might have all your friends trying to tempt you with something. I don't know. Yeah. The, it would be nice to have this result isn't enough for people. So yeah. now we've got to start looking at leverage like, What's the drawback of not handling this? What's the negative if I don't get this done? What's the negative if I do that? And often it's the drawbacks, the pain that's going to get people moving. really, really uncomfortable and moving. Yeah, I hear you. You know, um, so you're someone, I know you're someone that's very motivated. You're on the go all the time, right? I'm like that too. I, I feel like I sometimes struggle to kind of be like, okay, this is enough for today or this is enough for this week. And I also think, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, People like us are a little bit crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, yeah. In the sense that, like, sometimes things are not enough. Like, I kind of, at the minute, I want more. I want to be better. I want to yeah. increase yeah. this. I want more podcasts. I want more followers. Yeah. I want better yeah. business. I want this, yeah. all of this. And do you yeah. think there's also a big negative on this sometimes? Because at the minute, it's doing well for me. I'm young, right? Yeah. Only, if you, only if you choose it to be. Like, okay. like for me, when I, when I had all my troubles, I had a, mul a, 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 a very successful business, put it that way. Yeah. But I didn't have anything else going on. Okay, and yeah. I actually had a business that I didn't even like running and didn't like it. So yeah. I chased only the money, right? Okay. When you love what you do, it, it, it's a little bit different. And you've got to consider also, mate, we're often conditioned to say, I get asked this all the time, when will you ever be satisfied? Will you never be satisfied? I'm like, well, if I'm satisfied, it means my life's satisfactory. I'm not, I don't want to live a life that's satisfactory. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to making a fucking impact. Yeah. Do I have time off? I actually have a lot of time off. When I'm working, though, I'm busy. Like, I'm not, I'm not even turning my phone on on a Wednesday. I don't work weekends. Yeah. Usually every six weeks, I'll take a week holiday. Like, I probably go on holiday six, seven times a year, and I don't take my phone. Oh, I don't take my phone on holiday. So, that's so, so good. I have this time off. But again, you've got to think about it. Like, when, when 
people work a lot. Like right now, it's a little bit easier for people to work more because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Like why would you finish working sooner when there's no reason to? There's no urgency to finish work sooner. That's why I take Wednesday off still. There's yeah. not much urgency. Tonight, there's not much going on. <clears throat> Hang out with my kids, which I love doing, which I, which I look forward to doing. Um, I didn't see them much yesterday at all, actually, so I'm, I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to it tonight. But again, I've got urgency around my working day to day because I'm not yeah. turning my phone on anymore. Yeah. Not because I'm trying to escape anything. I just love to do that. Yeah. No, I find I it difficult to give something my full attention whilst at the same time having my attention on my phone. That's yeah. why I love that home free yeah. day. Yeah. I hear you. With um yeah. you know your famous Cliff video? Yes. Did you did, did you have your kids at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah. And what, what I made the clip video in twenty sixteen. Yeah. And I was suicidal in twenty fourteen. I had both kids then. Yeah, both yeah. kids. So then. we'd actually moved to Marbella. Moved to Marbella when Max was about six months old and moved back when he was two and Nina was born there. Okay. So oh yeah. That was summer twenty fourteen. So Nina would have been about Four or five months old. She was born in me. She's a character. Oh, she's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Six or seven months old she would have been, and Max was like maybe three when that happened. So, yeah, two kids, yeah. no fucking idea what I was doing, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I had them both there. And they were the leverage, mate, because if I didn't have them, I mean, might not have ever, I might not have ended up there if I, if I didn't have them. However, Leslie said to me, she said, think of the kids, and I was like, well, I am. They'd be better off without me. And when you're that low, uh, dude, Anyone watching this at that, that low, there's no logic. Like you don't have logic. You're so caught up in your emotions. Yeah. And these disempowering, unhelpful, actually, emotions. Yeah. And they're so dark and challenging and intense that the logic goes out the window. My life was actually pretty fucking good if I looked at it again. Yeah. But I had no control over my emotions. And I said to be better without me. She said to me, and this, this always resonates with me. I'll never forget this, was when she said to me, think about the kids growing up. Spending the rest of their lives as those kids whose dad killed themselves, and that's that was a bit that was like the moment that changed everything for me. Okay, yeah. okay, that means... that. yeah, like that's 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 ultimate leverage is kids, like yeah. ultimate leverage. Yeah, people yeah. talk about legacies and that, and I'm like, there's the only two like that my unstoppable stuff and all the business stuff and all the coaching stuff. Yeah, it's, it's important for me to leave a legacy with that, but the only two things I really give a fuck about are those two. That's good. And my job. My job is to show them how to live, simple. Yeah, fair enough. How to live. Not tell them how to live, not tell them what to do, but fucking show them through my example. Okay, lead by example, which I think a lot of people, you get a lot of people that talk about uh, what they do or whatever, but I sometimes think it's more important just by leading by example. So here's the thing, you lead by example whether you like it or not. Yeah, true. You're, you're always, when you're a dad, you are always leading by example, whether it's good, whether it's bad, and whether you like it or not. Your kids are fucking imitators. Yeah. They're amazing imitators. So when, when again, I get a lot of guys from that program, they're fucking hypocrites. Telling your kids to eat healthy, bro, you're false to another weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're shouting at your kids for talking to their mum like that. Where the fuck do you think they learned it from? That's so true. That is so true. Yeah. Do your homework, son. What, dad, like you sitting watching fucking Netflix, mate? Come on. Yeah, it's that's bullshit. So, yeah, that's bullshit. So you, and then leading by example. Everyone's leading by example. Yeah. You know what's crazy? When I, I did a video about this, I was like, when I see like kids that are really overweight, I'm like, you need to, the parents need to look at what they're doing to make them think that's okay or whatever. And every time I hear like, I get inboxes from some moms going, you don't know what it's like doing to have kids and whatever. Like kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as a prick, yeah. but to me, it sounds like yeah. a bit of an excuse. I don't know what yeah. it's like to have kids. Right. 
Yeah. I know when I have kids, I'm going to do my best to be able yeah. to say. Quite challenging. It is yeah, quite it challenging. Because be. the thing is, most of that food that kids want to eat is stuff that I want to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't, I can't force them. Yeah. I can't force them. So we tend to lead the way a little bit just in terms of exercise. And my kids are always doing some kind of training because that's what we're doing. I mean, my daughter did fucking 11,000 steps with me in about an hour on Saturday. Go on, Nina. She just comes out and shoots the shit. My, my kids both love hitting pads. Yeah. Oh, Nina loves training jujitsu. My son hates jujitsu now, but he did it since he was fucking six. Yeah. Um, but they're the reason why I got into it. They started jujitsu before me. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, they started before me. Yeah. How are you getting yeah, on Nina with... started jujitsu when she was four. How are you getting on with jujitsu? I know when the doors open again with. Yes, uh... You know, you know, well, well, I've had a bit of an advantage in that Mac that works for me. Yeah. We've been working together the whole time. So we've been rolling the last three weeks or something. And he's a blue belt. So we've actually got a lot of sparring in. Oh, that's so good. Probably three times a week, uh, six, five minute rounds. And actually, do you know, we were talking about this yesterday. I was thinking, maybe we should be drilling. We've never done any drilling, we're just sparred. But then we thought about, we're like, do you know what? I've actually learned more from this sparring than I would from drilling. Yes. Because I put things in. I landed, I had his back and I landed an armbar from his back. I can't even remember learning how to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was buzzing. Landed an armbar from his back because I couldn't choke him. He's great at tucking his chin in. Couldn't yeah. choke him. And I was like, fuck it, I'm after, I'm going to land it. I can't remember ever learning it. So we've actually been able to practice and figure some things out. Like he's figured out the Joss choke. Yeah. I've figured out back escapes and I figured out passing, passing from half guard big time yeah. as well. And I would probably have not done that if I was just, because you think about every class you do, you learn something new, really. That's right, yeah. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, I've learned the most through sparring, 100%, because yeah. you watch things, you do things, but the truth is, even when you're drilling, it's never the same intensity as sparring. Yeah. But if you're sparring, and if you're sparring with the same partner as well, you always yeah. kind of sometimes end up in the same position. Yes, yes, so to, yes. So you always have to adapt to he how you half guard all the time. He'll, he'll take you out of his guard and put you in half guard. <laughs> yeah. Because, because he's an MMA fighter. Yeah. And when you're in half guard, you get... You get to straighten your legs and keep the miles away from you, right? Yeah, See, that's right. not straighten your legs, but you can push somebody miles away. Yeah, but if yeah. you're holding somebody in your guard, you've got fucking punches raining down on you. Yeah, 100%. So he always puts me in half guard straight away. Yeah. So I've had to master passing the half guard. Yeah. yeah. After, when I was looking at, I looked at some of your videos on YouTube and I saw you uh, doing a, was it a charity? It was a charity boxing match? Charity boxing match, yeah. You looked a bit, you looked a bit heavier than you are now yeah, then. Oh, Am I right? I mean, yeah, that'd be yeah. much heavier. Yeah. How, mu uh, what, how much heavier are we talking? Dude, I can't. Maybe just a couple of stone. I mean, I lost five stone, dude. Fuck. Like, yeah. Yeah, five stones from fucking serious, serious going. How, but I'll definitely be heavier then. Yeah, I don't know how much heavier though. Did that, how was getting into shape, like the way you are now, make an effect on your mental health? Because I'll talk about uh, this a lot. In numerous ways. I mean, you got to think about this. I'm friends with some of the best trainers in the world. Yeah, I work with some of the best trainers in the world. They all write me programs back in the day. Some of yeah. the top guys in the fucking fitness industry. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I never did them. When I was out of shape, I hated training. Yeah. Now looking at it now, I hated training. A because I was out of shape. B because I was kind of trying to do it on my own. Yeah. Dude, I even had do you know that sparring boxing clip that I sent you before? Yeah. That was my office. With the boxing ring in it. No that was way. My office. Yeah. Before what? that, it was a fully kitted out gym because obviously I know. I know a lot of companies as well. And yeah. a, a company, uh, they were called Black, they're called Black Box Fitness. They kitted out my office with a full gym set up. Glute hammer is, squat no rack, way. 
Um, Treadmill in the works, yeah. I never used it. Oh. Because I hated it. Boxing was the thing that changed my life. Because okay. now I found a type of exercise that didn't require willpower. Yeah. It didn't require motivation. I didn't have to force myself to do it and have like three pre-workouts before I did it. I didn't need a pre-workout to do boxing because I got to do boxing. Yeah. When I first started doing this is crazy. I could do three three-minute rounds on the pad. Three one-minute rounds on the pads. That's all I could do. One-minute round times three on the pads. Now, if you ask me now to do 12 rounds of full sparring, I could do it easy. Yeah. Easy. I could have a... If, if I got over the fight of the weekend, I could take it and be happy that I could finish the fight. Yeah. yeah. Like a five-rounder, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's why... Crazy. I, I think because boxing... Boxing became something that I just got excited about doing. Yeah. Who's your favorite boxer? My favorite boxer of all time is probably Miguel Cotto. Oh, really? Boxing okay. Straight brawler. I love Lomachenko. I love Lomachenko. What about Fury? Um, I've got a soft, soft, soft... Who? Fury. Fury. Uh, Fury's all right. Fury's yeah. all right. He's a bit... I like his style now. He doesn't get hit, but he, he, he just holds a bit too often for me. Yeah. Too. It's a bit boring sometimes. And I love a defensive boxer, by the way, because I kind of box like that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he just, he, it hold, he holds a little bit too much for me. Yeah. yeah. I think I like... Lomachenko's probably up there as my favorite right now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I love Fury because yeah. of, um, cause a, bit of a bit about his story as well, about mental health. Because yeah. he does promote it quite a bit, right? Yeah, he does. So, he does. Yeah. And I think that's why he's one of my favorites. And I, I was lucky enough to meet him in London. Yeah. And he was yeah. like such a gentleman and I was so happy. Yeah, I was so yeah. happy because I was like, when I was walking up to him, I was nervous. I wasn't nervous to meet him. I was nervous that he was going to be a prick and, oh, yeah. I would, I know, and that I might not like him. And I was like, oh, please, yeah. please be good. Please be good. Yeah. Have you ever met anyone other than James Smith that was like that? <laughs> <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever met anyone that was like that? Because you must have spoken to big speakers. Like you do some... You you go to some events where you you interact with like you interact with guys that own Baller. millions billions right like yeah all as well Tom Billy was the last one Tom was cool as fuck that was a time in London for. right yeah that was the one in London yeah yeah it's a cool guy um who was I don't I can't think of anybody that was I would it, think he was a prick. was it, is he a bit is he a billionaire Tom uh, do you say Tom so Tom owned started Quest Nutrition okay which was Quest Bars. He started oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And it, the, he sold it, but then it got sold to that Atkins Diet Company for a billion, oh, really? a billion dollar, uh, right before that event. And he was so fucking cool, bro. Was he? So yeah, so fucking cool. I can't think of anybody. Do you know who the nicest people you'll ever meet are? Boxers and MMA guys. They all came from fucking nothing. They all came from nothing. Yeah. Football. Dude, honestly, I remember once I went to Manchester to see a friend of mine, and yeah. Anthony Crawler had just won the world title. Right, you know yeah. Anthony Crawler? Yeah, yeah. Anthony yeah. Crawler just won the world title. He fucking held pads for me. No way. He held pads for me. Yeah. That's crazy. Amazing. Him and Scott Quigg. I trained with him and Scott Quigg. Really fucking cool guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're the they're the um I think of a few reality TV people that were a bit of a fucking assholes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, few reality TV people because they're not like I don't know, I just those people that I can think of that were a bit of a dicks. I'm yeah, not talking about you, Aaron. If Aaron's listening, it's not Aaron. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> no, I'd love, Aaron, cool. I'd love to. Cool. I'd love to meet him. I'd love to roll with him. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't yeah, want to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to spar with him, though. But he looks like he can punch. Oh, he looks dude, like he can swing a dude, punch. He hits like he hits like a fucking truck. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, but you'd, en- you'd enjoy rolling with him. Yeah. And he oh. always smells nice, actually. Yeah. Does he? Dude, <laughs> yeah. I always say it. I said, dude, we've been training for two fucking hours and you still smell lush. Yeah. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? Something oh, about like um, martial arts, MMA, boxing, I think it's the- amazing because, for example, I played football majority of my life, right? And yeah. I, would, I would never get the opportunity to train with David Beckham or Ronaldinho. That would never happen. But yeah. I could train with the best in jiu-jitsu. I can go do a seminar with them. I can go do some pad work with someone that owns an yeah. MMA gym. And that's one yeah. of the most like, amazing things, being able to interact with these people. You've got to think about it, mate. In combat sport, you've got to leave your ego at the door because yeah. anybody could knock you the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can put you to fucking sleep. And it's usually, here's the thing, dude. It might be like you when you started jujitsu. Our gym was full of fucking dogs. Yeah. Loads of fucking twerps. I was like, he's a fucking, because these guys, a lot of them don't have tattoos. They've got no muscles. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not big fucking muscly fuckers. Yeah. So yeah. you see them and you would never know that they're a killer unless you look at their ears. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so there's no, there's no, you, you soon get, we've had dormant coming train with us and they don't come back. Yeah. Because they can't handle yeah, it. The ego. Back. No the egos. Ego. There's no egos. Yeah. No. Nice. You can't have them. Even the guys that talk shit, they're talking shit to sell tickets. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, of talking course. Talking shit to sell tickets. Anybody that knows them and rolls with them will be like, actually, he's, he's really cool. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I can imagine someone like Conor McGregor being really nice in person. Yeah. Yeah, cool guy. Yeah. 100% is cool yeah. guy. What, um, obviously, you're the man when it comes to emails. Yeah. Right. I, I first got, I first knew about emails when I started reading James's, but then yeah. he told me, have you ever looked into Paul Moore? I said, who the fuck is Paul Moore, bro? <laughs> I said, who the fuck that is when he? Was that was when he was still living on that fucking rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, I got into your stuff and now like you yeah. come to me with a lot of the email stuff and business yeah. side of things as well. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of personal trainers that are going to be listening to this. How stupid are they, no offense to anyone, if they don't have an email list and they're trying to run a business? How stupid are they? On like a scale of one to 10? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 10 being the stupidest, like uh, an eight maybe. Okay, all right. Uh, I wouldn't say 10 out of 10 because there's some people who are are doing okay without emails. Yeah, okay. Some people that are doing okay, but if you wanted to go from an eight to a zero, start fucking emailing. Yeah. Yeah, I email and I don't and I get why people don't do it because um there's a lot of people saying it doesn't work. Usually those people that saying it doesn't work either don't send them yeah. or send shit emails. You know it was like an IFS, first slide, email doesn't work. Yeah. Email doesn't work if you shit at it, doesn't work if you're boring, doesn't send if you include fucking chicken hot pot recipes. I remember talking to Sonny about this. Sonny used to send like workouts out with his email list. I'm like, yeah. Sonny, bro. Do you want to get paid or do you want them to do your fucking free workout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The reality is, listen, send them free stuff out. We do that on socials, right? We yeah. help people. But the reality is, the people that will get life-changing results aren't the ones that follow our free advice. Yeah. They're not the ones that will get life-changing results. Yeah, we can impact them. Yeah, we can have a positive impact on them. But the ones that get the life-changing results are the ones that pay attention, the most attention. And those are the ones that pay money. That's true. People that pay, pay attention. So... I'm always like, like, I get a lot of, probably, dude, you know what it's like. I said to you about, how do you deal with all the DMs on Instagram? Because yeah. what I have on my Facebook page is, Facebook allow me to send out an autoresponder when people send me a message. Yeah. And I say, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, 
I've asked you for help and you're trying to sell me a book. I'm like, bro, it's three fucking pound. You're yeah. expecting me to give up time, but you're not willing to spend three pound. Yeah. The reason I'm saying this is because when people put skin in the game, that's where the life changing results come. And yeah. email for me is the gap between your free content and your paid content. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. It, it bridges the gap between there and there. Yeah. Cause my emails, when I first started doing them, which is now going to be like, maybe two years, maybe yeah. I didn't get it for a while in a sense that not, I didn't get it. I was doing it, but there was so shit. There was yeah. so shit. And it just shows when you're consistent yeah. with it. Well, it, this sounds familiar to trying to get in shape as well. Sounds familiar to any kind of exercise. When you first start doing fucking push-ups, you've never done any, you're going to yeah. be shit at them. When you first yeah. start doing jujitsu, you shared it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I've got a story about John Kavanagh. Do you know Conor McGregor's coach? Uh, yes. So when I first started, I went to a seminar and he was running the seminar in Rochdale. There was 100 people at the seminar and I felt completely out of place. Like I was gassed from the fucking warm-up, right? Gassed yeah. from the warm-up. Yeah. You know when people are like doing forward rolls for the warm-up shit? I'm like, I cannot forward roll. Like, I cannot <laughs> really? forward roll. I can now. I can now, but I couldn't do it there. I couldn't move. I couldn't do like bridging and shrimping properly, right? Couldn't do it properly. Anyway, I felt like a fucking idiot, right? I'm new, the guys that I'm with, who've came down from our gym, all fucking killers, pro fighters, minimum blue belt, and there's me, this fucking new guy. Yeah. Anyway, he chose me for a demo, right, in front of 100 people, and I'm like, fuck. He's like, what's the matter with you? I was like, dude, I'm fucking feel so out of place here, I feel shit. Like, I shouldn't be here. He was like, what the fuck's the matter with you, man? He said, listen, he said, look at your belt. He said, what color is your belt? I said, it's white. He said, what color is mine? He said, black. So the only difference between me and you is that I started sooner. Yeah. And a black belt is a white belt that didn't quit. That is, you know what? A black belt is a white belt that didn't quit. Oh, that is powerful. Oh, that is sick. I, I tell that story on a stage. Yeah, that's one, of my, that's one of my famous stories on the stage, yeah. Obviously, I build it up, but um, yeah, it's the truth. That black is... belt, uh, were you shit at email or were you just a white belt? Yeah. <laughs> white belt. I, I right, well, the only way you're going to get that first strike, continue to fucking show up, continue to uh, gather data, i.e. get feedback. Yeah. Then you get your first strike. Yeah. And then you can't just stay on your first strike. You've got to learn some new shit. You've got to spar with better people. Yeah. You've got to get fitter, maybe. You've got to roll more. You want to get there faster? Guess what? More frequency. For, uh, people, right? if, you're not going to get better writing one email a week. The same as you're not really going to get better jujitsu showing up once a week. The yeah. challenge that you've got is... If somebody else is showing up four or five times a week, you're going to get fucking smashed pretty quickly by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, um, right, if anyone, any of you guys that listen to this, man, you get some golden nuggets here, bruv. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're a black belt at emails, right? Would yeah. you say, oh, dude, I'm a fucking fall down black belt. Would you, would you say, would you say I've got my blue belt yet? <laughs> uh, there's only one way to find out that's the data, and your bank account tells me you're doing okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's your data. Here's the truth. When I first started jujitsu, I hated training in the gi. Hated it. Yeah. I fucking loved no gi because it felt like fighting. And I came from boxing, right? Yeah. It felt more like a fight. Yeah. Which also meant that I was a bit fucking mongy, right? Bit mongy. Just trying to use attributes. And when I started, I was fucking 38, by the way. Yeah. Actually, I was 37. 37 when I started. So my attributes actually weren't that good anyway. So I just used to try and use strength all the time. Yeah. And the only reason I trained in the gi it's so that I could see if I was getting any better. 
if I'd only trained no gi, I wouldn't have known if I was getting better because yeah. you tend to roll with similar people all the time. The problem that yeah. you've got there is these people are also getting better, so you don't know. You just yeah. constantly feel shit. Yeah. Not, even now, even a year into jujitsu, I was like, I'm fucking shit at this. Shit. Yeah. And then I started in the gi, and I saw I got giving feed. I took. I got feedback from someone else. That's yeah. what emails like. Yeah. Telling you whether it works or not. You've got. Am I showing up? Once you start showing up, then you've got to get feedback from somewhere. So where are you? How are you measuring results with email? Yeah. For me, I'm measuring it first of all in how many replies I'm getting. Yeah. And then I'm measuring it in how, how many sales I'm closing. Yeah. And that number's a lot. <laughs> that number's a lot. Yeah. You know what? Um, I've, I've how much money it. did you make last month, Paul? How much money did you make last month? All of it. <laughs> yeah. but, you, but you know what? Um, honestly, it, for me, it was a game changer talking to you about that stuff. And anyone, any PT that does need help with email, I'm not going to lie, Paul Moore is your guy. What would you say? To people and I see this a lot you know I see this a lot and I don't fucking get it and um, have you got a coach can I ask you that in email no in general do you, do you have people you talk to about coaching like is there people yeah, no, I have, I have, a master, have a mastermind that I drop about 18 and a half grand a year to be in yeah I have a sales coach I have a life coach I have a nutrition coach I have a obviously I have a jiu-jitsu coach so yes I have um, you have coaches, coaches. What do you feel about people that are trying to be good coaches, but that don't invest in coaches? Well, they don't believe in coaching. Okay, yeah, that's a fucking thing. They're doing the very thing that they would... They're not doing... Well, basically, they're a fucking hypocrite. (laughs) Yeah. The same as the the fat dad telling his kids they eat healthy. You can't be telling people that they need a coach, i.e. you, when you're not willing to invest them on yourself. Now... If it's money, guess what? For me, sometimes, if you first start now, you're like, listen, I haven't got the money to invest in a coach. Well, guess what? There's some free stuff out there. There's books out there. There's podcasts out there. The yeah. first product that I bought ever was $100. Yeah. It was called Six Figure Boot Camps. Yeah. Right? I bought it, and this is how long ago it was. It was on fucking DVD. It was an online, it wasn't even, on, online courses weren't even the thing then. You yeah. had to order DVDs from America, and they came in like a thick, like a thick case like that with all yeah, the yeah, DVD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't. The first course that I ever bought was called Get the Edge by Tony Robbins. I was 22 years old. I'd just been sacked from working in a gym. And I got this Tony Robbins Get the Edge from a fucking shopping commercial on TV. Yeah. Remember those? Like QVC? Kind infomercial? Of. Infomercials, you know what an infomercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, yeah. when you see the advert for six second abs and that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Probably on a late Normally on at midnight, the same time as a 10-minute freebie on the adult channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to say that. I was just about to 10-minute wanking. Yeah. Read as wives. Read as wives. And then, <laughs> Milf Hunter. And then, um, and then I bought this. And that came in a CD. Uh, it was actually, this wasn't even DVDs. This was a CD. And I had to walk around with my Sony Walkman. Do you remember yeah. those? you know what that yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, I do. With a CD in it. Yeah, yeah, that's how long ago. That's how long I've been investing in coaches for. Amazing. So what I'm seeing there is, you don't have to buy a big product. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sitting here right now, someone has just paid me 147 pounds, but email doesn't work. <laughs> Literally, a, I'm just sitting here, yeah. 147 pounds just popped up on there, but email doesn't work. Bruv, you're you're the man. I wouldn't be surprised if I start seeing your ads on Babe Station. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah, dude, put your cock down. <laughs> and email me. Yeah. Put your dick down. Send me an email. Yeah. With um, obviously your social your social media game is. I see it picking up, man. You're posting your videos <laughs> and everything. Yeah, always, social media game, dog shit. Nah, nah, but nah, but it's it's good, bro. You got the thing is like, and a lot of PTs, a lot of people that are in business, they it's very easy to get carried away by thinking that if you have a lot of followers. Yeah, 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 it's got to be polished. That's what a lot of people think. It's got to be polished. Yeah, when it... I'm going to polish now, but listen, I've got forty thousand followers on Facebook, and I've got no polished content on there. Yeah, we're at eighteen thousand three last year. I was at two thousand on Instagram. Two thousand. Yeah. Not last year, two thousand. Now we're on eighteen something, and I don't yeah. even do. I do none of the things really that you're supposed to do. No hashtags. I don't yeah. really reply to comments. I don't really reply to a lot of DMs. I don't do a lot of the shit you're supposed to do. Yeah. So who the fuck knows what happens when I start doing what you're supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess that's only happening because the content you give out is valuable. And with the content you give out, it, although it's valuable, obviously some people don't agree with it, and you do get some negativity. I saw the other day some guy was talking shit. You made a video about it, and even today someone posted something about racism or something. <laughs> that's and, a, yeah. Then I was white, sort of called me white, loads of white shit. I'm like, cool, bro, yeah. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? How, how do you deal with... Yeah, two death threats. Like, I've had three death threats, I think. Two last year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Mad. Yeah. I've what? got to think about it. Listen, sometimes I'm like, you know what? If some bloke dude is sitting at home angry, I'd rather he takes it out on me via Facebook than taking it out on his wife and kids. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm a fucking big enough boy to deal with it. I'm fucking... Yeah. I, I'd rather he takes it out on me than somebody that would, like... Let's just say somebody's trying to do what I do and they're just starting out and they're a bit nervous and they've got no confidence. Yeah. I'd rather he takes it out on me than that person. That's true. I'm cool yeah. with it. Well, if you need I'll backup, I'm there. Feel better. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you need backup, I'm there, man. I'm there with a double leg. <laughs> I told him to come to my office. I'm cool. Oh, sick. Yeah, I'm cool. Really? Yeah. Would you... Bring it up. Would you... Um, do you... <laughs> that's a... Is, Hey, that's the Dude, imagine that's coming for a fight in our office and me and Mac are fucking here. Oh, true. Bro, bring it on. <laughs> Mac's a fucking savage, bro. I know. He's an MMA fighter. The, Mac last week was sparring with the UFC fighter. What a beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy that was on them. Um, he's actually been fought for the UFC for about 10 years, this guy. It's called Dangerous Davy Grant. Oh, really? He was, on, he was on the Ultimate Fighter. You know, remember Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, yeah, he was on, yeah. He won that. Yeah, he oh, won really? That. Oh, he's from, he's from here. Yeah, he's from here. He's a top guy. Mac was part with him last week. So imagine some fucking fat internet troll coming here and having a dig at me and Mac. Wow. Good luck. Yeah. Good night. Would um <laughs> so if any people that are getting getting um negative shit from other people, would you tell them to ignore yeah. it? Yeah, well played. Not even you don't even need to ignore it and use it as fuel. Yeah. Just be you gotta understand that it's never personal. Yeah. It's always about them. They're trying to make themselves feel better. And yeah. listen, negativity is like subjective like okay. something that somebody posts something and we can make it mean something you think about this somebody's on their phone typing letters on their phone yeah. that's all they're doing that's all they're doing yeah we add meaning to it yeah we add meaning to it so i, I was having a conversation with a guy yesterday my mom's so negative i'm like no your mom's just being your mom <laughs> not negative the same what she says yeah and then you're making it negative you get to decide whether it's negative yeah, yeah. i get often i get to decide whether it's content or not yeah. Amazing content. Thank you for that, bro. You just made me next email. You just <laughs> yeah. made me next email. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So again, we get it. Ignoring it's quite challenging, you know, because 
as soon as you're like, it's like going into a titty bar and not looking at the tits. You know, you know what I mean? You're not going to not look at the tits, are you? <laughs> you know not. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to touch them probably. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, like you're not, it, that's a difficult thing to do. So you're almost like, okay, I've got this negativity. How am I going to use it? Yeah. How can I make it useful? Yeah. I.e., what can I learn from it? Yeah. Um, why would this person do this? It's to make themselves feel better. That's about them. Can I use it as content? Can I turn it into this? Or am I just going to delete and block? Yeah. I'll do, I do a lot of deleting and block. I'm yeah. cool with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what it's like, dude, now when you get a bit of negativity, when you've got a little bit of an audience, a little bit of following, it'll be those guys that, yeah. um, it'll be those guys that go after the person that give you the negativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah. big man, it was amazing having you on. Is there, what, where can people find you? Can you tell people that first? And the best whoever, place to go. Yeah, go on. Whoever, whoever what? Whoever wants to get better email, needs some of your coaching, where can they find all of that? Yeah, the best place to go is probably paulmore.uk. paulmore.uk um, is the best place to go. There's a little bit of everything on there. That's where you'll be able to find my book, my new audio book that I created. My new book that I created in three hours. You'll be, able to, um, you'll be able to subscribe to my world-famous daily emails and grab a bunch of free content over there. So that's it. And all, all my events will be updated on there soon because obviously speaking events yeah. have gone. That, yeah. that's, there's, there's nothing happening. So I'm hoping, I hope I get some news on that soon for IFS, yeah. for example. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, um, thank you for coming on. Anyone that's listening, make sure you jump onto Mr. Paul Mort's Instagram website. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, share it with your friends, yeah? And get me big, yeah. I'm gonna be the London Joel Rogan, all right? 100. <laughs> percent I'm gonna get Paul Moore on again in a studio while we're having a beer. Peace. Do that be fun. Yeah, that'll be sick. That's gonna be sick. Take it easy, guys.